Let's pray together as we open up God's word. What a rich time, Lord, thinking about your death on the cross and celebrating communion together. Lord Jesus, we love you. And what an amazing thing to think about what the meaning of baptism is. You have so impacted me this week. And I pray, Lord, that you'd open up your word to us this morning right now. I pray that those who are trusting you who have been baptized would just rejoice. Those who are trusting you but haven't been baptized would get baptized this morning, even. Those here who aren't yet trusting you, that they would be blown away at who you are and what you've done and what you, what you will do for them today if they repent and bend the knee in trust before you and faith in you. So Lord, all these things, come and work through your word now, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Good. Well, I want you to uh, imagine, just to start off this morning, what it would have been like to have been living in Italy in World War II, a town, I'm not sure exactly how to pronounce it, probably something like Lucca, L-U-C-C-A, and this town in Italy during World War II had been uh, conquered and overrun and was uh, under the control of Nazi soldiers. So if you can imagine what it would have been like to have been in a town in Italy, World War II, that was dominated by Nazi soldiers, what living there would have been like. No civil rights, right? Uh, soldiers could and did freely steal your food, kick you out of your house, take your wife, kill your husband, Harm your kids, right? No civil rights, police state, you know, there it is. Imagine what that would have felt like, that oppressiveness being in that kind of a situation. But then imagine the exhilaration and the joy that you would have felt one morning to hear the the clanking of treads from American tanks rolling into the city. And to hear the gears shifting of jeeps with American soldiers and armored personnel carriers full of American soldiers and to see the Nazi soldiers fleeing from the city and others coming out from their bunkers or whatever, you know, with their hands up waving white flags, seeing all these Nazi soldiers rounded up by the American soldiers, taken away as prisoners of war. Imagine the joy and the exhilaration that you would have felt having that town be liberated after that period of time of utter oppression. Can you imagine what that would have felt like? (gasps) Yes! Right? So there's no surprise then, didn't surprise me anyway, when I read that in 2008, the town decided to do a reenactment of their liberation. And so they flew over soldiers who were part of that that day who were still alive. They came to Lucha, and people from the town who were still alive, they came together and they reenacted the liberation along with a lot of feasting and wine and dancing and celebration. It was an absolute party celebrating the liberation that they'd experienced. Now think about this. Because you're trusting Jesus Christ as your Lord, as your Savior, as your treasure, 2,000 years ago, on the cross, Jesus liberated you from an enemy infinitely worse than Nazi soldiers. That's what he did for you. 2,000 years ago, on the cross, Jesus Christ liberated you from 
sin. And God has given us a way to reenact that liberation. And that's what baptism is all about. Baptism gives us an opportunity to to reenact what Jesus did. When you first trusted Jesus Christ and you were baptized, you got to reenact how Jesus liberated you from sin. And every time you've seen a baptism since then, it gives you a chance to see reenactment after reenactment after reenactment of how Jesus Christ liberated you from sin. Baptism is God's way of letting us have a celebration together, reenacting, reliving how Jesus has liberated us from sin. You say, well, where'd you get that? Romans 6. Let's turn there. Amazing passage. Romans chapter 6, verses... 3 through 6. Now, if you need a Bible, we want you all to be able to have a Bible to look at this passage with us. We are a church who love, we love the Bible. We're people who love the scriptures. And so we want to open up the scriptures Sunday mornings and we study the scriptures. And we live the scriptures as God gives us grace. And Romans chapter 6, verses 3 through 6 is a powerful passage. By the way, in the Bibles that we are passing out right now, it's on page 942. Is that right? Yeah, I think that's right. If it's not, let me know. But it's what's in my notes. Page 942 in the Bible we just passed out. Look at what Paul says as he talks about the meaning of baptism. Romans chapter 6, verses 3 through 6. He says, Do you not know that all of us who've been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death. In order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly, (laughs) certainly, underline that word, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self, that's the sin nature, we know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. Okay, now in verse 3, Paul says that all of us who've been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. So what does it mean to be baptized into Christ Jesus? What's he talking about here? He's talking about water baptism. Okay? In the New Testament, when somebody repented of their sins and trusted in Christ as soon as possible... They experienced water baptism. They were immersed under the water, brought up from the water. And so here in verse 3, Paul's talking about water baptism. When he says, all of us who've been baptized into Christ Jesus, he's talking about water baptism. Okay, but now there's lots of misunderstandings about water baptism. So let me just give you three statements to clear up some possible confusion. First of all, you are saved by faith in Jesus Christ, not by being baptized. If it worked this week, somebody asks you and says, what must I do to be saved? Okay, what would you say to them? 
Hopefully you'd think Acts 16.31, what Paul said. Somebody asked him the same question. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Right? You wouldn't say, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and be baptized. And then you'll be saved. Why wouldn't you say that? Because as important as baptism is, the moment that you put your trust in Jesus Christ, you are 100% saved. Even before you're baptized. Do you understand that? You're saved by faith alone in Christ alone. Okay, quiz time. This is not a trick question, just to make sure you got that. Let's say that you prayed, trusted Christ, but before you could be baptized, you died. Would you be fully saved? Yes! Yes! Okay? Just want to make sure you got that. This is really important. All right? It's not like like you're 50% saved and baptism is the other 50% fully saved the moment you trust Christ. Now, second... Everyone who trusts Jesus is called to be baptized. If you are trusting Jesus and you haven't been baptized, you need to be baptized. He says, be baptized. If you trust him, you're going to be baptized, okay? So in the New Testament, as soon as possible, everybody who trusted Jesus was baptized. Baptism was part of like the conversion process. Although you're, you're 100% saved the moment you trust Jesus, baptism was part of the conversion process. That's why the New Testament assumes that everyone reading these letters, like Paul, he's assuming when he says, verse 3, all of us who've been baptized into Christ Jesus, he's writing this to the church in Rome. He'd never been in Rome yet, but he knows that they would have all been baptized. So they would all have been nodding. Nobody would have said, what's baptism? They would all have been nodding. That's right. All of us have been baptized into Christ Jesus. The New Testament assumes that every believer has been baptized. Now again, how are you saved? By faith. And then once you're trusting Jesus, get baptized as soon as possible because he calls you to. Third, without faith, baptism means nothing. What makes baptism meaningful is that the person being baptized is trusting Jesus Christ. And, and because you're trusting Jesus Christ, baptism is a powerful means of grace. God will pour grace upon you. He'll minister to you. He will touch you. He will fill you. He will meet you powerfully, not just because of the baptism, but because you're trusting him in the baptism. Let me ask this question. If you are baptized and you're not trusting Jesus, what will happen? Nothing, except you'll get wet, right? That's all. So the important part is that you're trusting Jesus Christ. So here in verse 3, when Paul talks about being baptized into Christ Jesus, he's talking about men and women who have repented of their sins, put their faith in Jesus Christ, and been baptized as an expression of that faith in Christ. Is that clear? Okay, so verse 3, do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus... Then he wants to tell us something about all of us who've been baptized. We were baptized into his death. What does that mean? What does it mean to be baptized into Christ's death? Now, as I always like to say, when you have a question like that from a passage of scripture, the, the best place to start to answer it is to see if Paul gives any hints in the immediate context. And I notice that he restates that same idea three times. Beginning of verse 4, he says, We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death. So all of us who have been baptized, we were buried with Jesus into death. 
beginning of verse 5. If we've been united with him in a death like his. So we're united with Jesus in a death like his. What does all that mean? Verse 6 made it really clear to me. Beginning of verse 6. It says, we know that our old self was crucified with him. Old self, that's our sin nature. You know about your sin nature? Okay, I know about my sin nature. It's ugly. Sin nature means that by nature and by choice, all of us don't want to bend the knee in humble surrender before our creator. Even though he's perfectly good and infinitely wise and all-powerful and just overflowing with love and goodness, there's some dark wickedness in all of our hearts that makes us not want to bend the knee before him. You have felt that, haven't you? And have you ever had times, I'm sure you have, when you just would long to be freed from your sin nature? Like you've seen the dishonor to Christ that your anger causes you. I just would love to be freed from that. Or, Or you hate the fear that comes over you which makes you not speak of Christ to people around you. Or the, the way that lust can just totally, God, just totally squeeze out from your heart any love for Jesus Christ at all. Have you had times where you just longed to be freed from your sin nature, from your sinfulness, the way that your pride can hurt other people and saying mean things, just the list goes on and on. You've, you've felt that, haven't you? And so here's the good news. Paul says that through Jesus Christ, Everyone's been baptized, everyone who's trusted him, everyone who's trusting Jesus Christ, your old self was crucified with Christ. It was killed. Your sin nature was killed, crucified, dead, buried. And when did that happen? There's two answers for that. It happened 2,000 years ago when Jesus died. That's the first answer. Because you're trusting Jesus, then 2,000 years ago, remember when Jesus said from the cross, it is finished? That means at least two things for you today, if you're trusting Jesus Christ, two things. One is, one of the things that was finished was all the punishment for your sin had been paid completely. At that point, 2,000 years ago, when Jesus died on the cross and said, it is finished. All the punishment that you deserve for your sin was paid completely. It is finished. But the second thing it means is that your sin nature was killed. The the power of sin was crucified. It had been killed, dead, buried 2,000 years ago in Christ. That happened on the cross. Okay, That's the first time that happened. Now, fast forward from 2,000 years ago to your life now. At some point in your life, when God brought his power upon you, and moved in your heart so you repented of your sins and put your trust in Jesus Christ, at that point, God took what Jesus did 2,000 years ago and he applied it in your life. The moment that you put your trust in Jesus Christ, you were given 100% forgiveness for all of your sins. Instantly. What an amazing reality, isn't it? I mean, all the weight of punishment that you deserved for your sins, Jesus paid for it on the cross, God applied it to you the moment that you put your trust in him, and the moment that you put your trust in Jesus, God brought his power upon you, and he mortally 
wounded your sin nature. Mortally wounded. Now the reason I say mortally wounded, if you're mortally wounded, you're wounded. Are you still alive? Yes. Will you die? Yes. That's what mortally wounded means. You're still alive, but you will for sure die. And that's what God did. God chose, he applied forgiveness to you 100% complete at that moment, completely forgiven. He applies your death to sin differently. He applies it in a process. He mortally wounds your sin nature at the point of conversion. And you felt that, right? You were changed. You loved Jesus more than anything. You wanted to show who he was to everyone. You hated anything that would dishonor him. You were changed. Your sin nature was mortally wounded at that point. Up to that point, you were totally enslaved to it. When God brings a saving power upon you, that sin nature was mortally wounded, but you did not become perfect. Right? Mortally wounded, and then God progressively continues to wound, 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 wound. And it is absolutely certain that when you stand before Jesus at that final day, at that point, your sin nature will be completely taken away. Completely eradicated. So it is absolutely certain. But notice it's given to you in a process. Does that make sense? And that's what Paul is talking about here in this passage. His main focus here, though, is what happened 2,000 years ago. When Jesus was crucified, your sin nature was crucified. Again, look at verse 6. We know that our old self was crucified in him. It was killed. And so God applied that when you were saved, mortally wounding it. He's going to progressively kill it. and It'll be finally gone at the end. So that at the end, you're standing before Jesus and you can say, you know, free last, free last. Thank God Almighty, I'm free last, right? That day is certainly coming. So listen, if you're trusting Jesus Christ, praise be to God. Your sin nature has been mortally wounded. Yes, Every day you will see it being weakened further and further. Thank you, Lord. And the day is coming absolutely for sure when you will be completely freed from that thing. It will be destroyed, completely eradicated and gone, and you'll stand before the Lord free. So that's what it means that all those who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. Okay, but now not only that, Not only was your sin nature crucified in what Jesus did 2,000 years ago, he also says that we were raised with Christ 2,000 years ago. And what does that mean? Look at verses 4 and 5. What does it mean that we were raised with Christ? Verse 4. We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we, too, might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. Okay, so if you're trusting Jesus Christ, because you're trusting him, not only was your sin nature crucified in Christ 2,000 years ago, that is when Jesus died, your sin nature died in him, that happened 2,000 years ago, but on Easter Sunday, when God raised Jesus from the dead, you were raised from the dead. You were raised with Christ. And what that means is that it is absolutely certain, therefore, as certainly as God did it for you in Christ because of his death and payment for your sins, as certainly as that happened in history, you can be absolutely certain that at the end of history, you will be raised from the dead. Just like Jesus was raised, resurrection body, new life, you'll be raised. New heavens and new earth. Standing before the Father, before the Lamb. 
face-to-face fellowship with Jesus Christ, who is awesome in his beauty and majesty and glory, being with him, with the redeemed, forever. That's absolutely certain. That will come because you are raised with Christ Easter Sunday, 2,000 years ago. You will certainly be raised with Christ at the end of history. But we don't need to wait till then to experience that because what Paul is saying in this passage is that now we are raised to newness of life. Did you catch that? End of verse 4. We too might walk in newness of life. And what that means is that Look ahead to the future, this resurrection life that you're going to experience. New heavens, new earth, no more weeping, no more mourning, crying, or pain. Face-to-face fellowship with the Father in God's presence fully. God takes some of that resurrection life, and he gives it to you the moment that you're saved. You get a taste of what the new heavens and the new earth are going to be. You get a sample of what it'll be like to behold God that closely. It's a down payment it's an earnest, it's, it's, a, it's a sample, it's an hors d'oeuvre, if you will. And mm, Oh, it's good. And you, you can experience God's very love poured into your heart from time to time. And you can see God's power growing you in righteousness increasingly. And you have times of joy unspeakable and full of glory in the very presence of Jesus Christ. All that is tastes, down payments of what's going to happen in the future. You don't need to wait for the future for resurrection life. He gives you a portion of it now. You can walk in newness of life. And that experience transforms. You become loving. become kind. You love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You don't become perfect yet, but you're transformed. And again, how did that happen? It happened because 2,000 years ago when Jesus was crucified, your sin nature was crucified. And because 2,000 years ago, When Jesus was raised up to new resurrection life on Easter Sunday, you also were raised with him to new resurrection life. So here's here's the thought I want you just to be blown away by. Here's what this has done for me this week. It's given me some new reasons. I'm seeing them more clearly to love Jesus in his death and resurrection because I see more clearly now as Jesus is on the cross dying, my sin nature, which I hate, is dying. Because he's willing to die, take my sin upon himself, my sin nature's dying. And I love him for doing that. And when God raised him from the dead, I was raised with him. And so as certainly as he was raised 2,000 years ago, I'm going to be raised when I stand before Jesus Christ. And he's taken a portion of that and given it to me now in resurrection life. You died with Christ, your sin nature, and you were raised with Jesus Christ. By resurrection power. Hey, now, what does this have to do with baptism? Back to baptism. Okay? What's so beautiful about this is that baptism reenacts what Jesus did for you 2,000 years ago. It reenacts it. So here's how it works the Greek word baptize, baptizo, all scholars agree it, it means to immerse in something. And different church traditions have, have developed different ways, sprinkling or pouring or whatever. But the Greek word, everybody agrees, has to do with immersion. And so that's, that's why we practice immersion. And being immersed underwater is a picture of dying, right? That's a picture of, of dying. And so when, when you're baptized and you're immersed underwater, that's a picture of how Jesus put to death your sin nature in his death. It's a picture of him liberating you from that sin nature. And then when we 
raise you up out of the water. We don't leave you into the water, right? We raise you up out of the water. When he raised you up out of the water, it's a picture of Jesus rising from the dead and you rising with him from the dead. And so because you're trusting Jesus, baptism, immersion underwater, is a picture of your sin nature being killed. Yes! And then you're being, and then being raised back up out of the water is a picture of Jesus rising and you rising with him into brand new life. So it's a, it's a, it's a picture. It's a reenactment of what Jesus did 2,000 years ago. So those of you who are being baptized, okay, Leslie, David, and where's Kathy? Kathy's over here. Okay, uh, if anybody else wants to get baptized, you, you can today if you want to. But anyway, so, so you three, here's what this means. When you're baptized, you get to yourself reenact what Jesus Christ did for you. So as you're going under the water, you're reenacting how Jesus died and put to death your sin nature. And then as you're being raised up out of the water, you're reenacting how Jesus, in rising, raised you with him, which is what he's going to do in the future. Okay, So you're, you're reenacting what Jesus did for you. Dying with Christ, rising with Christ. Now the rest of you, those who have been baptized, every time you see a baptism, you get to see a reenactment of how Jesus liberated you. So you're going to see these, you're going to see three reenactments this morning of what Jesus did. You're going to see three times being immersed under the water. And you're going to think, Jesus, you put my sin nature to death. Yes! And then you'll see, rising up out of the water, you rose from the dead. That's how I get to every resurrection life. That's what I'm feeling now. And that's what I'm going to feel in fullness at the end of history. So every time there's a baptism, every time you watch a baptism, you can watch a reenactment of how Jesus put to death your sin nature and raised you to new life. Okay, now, are you trusting Jesus Christ this morning? Are, are you trusting him? It's not about going to church or trying to be good. It's all about trusting Jesus Christ. He's the son of God. God sent him into the world to show us that God's real. He healed the sick. He multiplied loaves and fishes. He calmed the winds and the storms. And he died so that he could put to death our sin nature and he rose so that we would have new resurrection life. So are you trusting Jesus Christ this morning? Are you, are you trusting him? Because you could leave here this morning, not because of something that we do, but as you put your trust in Jesus Christ, it's something he will do. He will this morning mortally wound your sin nature. You've walked in this morning under the power of sin. Doesn't mean you're serial killer. Okay, there's socially unacceptable ways that we rebel against God and there's socially acceptable ways we rebel against God. Right? We've all got our specialty, okay? So, doesn't mean we're serial killers, but, but before God mortally wounds your sin nature, you're under the power of sin, but you could leave here this morning with your sin nature mortally wounded. You'll be changed. And not only that, you will leave here this morning with all of your sins, past sins, present sins, future sins, all of them completely forgiven adopted into God's family, God's wrath no longer being hovering over your head, but it was all poured out upon Jesus 2,000 years ago. His wrath is over. It's spent upon Jesus. Jesus willingly took it upon himself. So now all that's coming to you from God is love and mercy, compassion, goodness, faithfulness. Doesn't mean you have no more problems. I always like to put in some fine print here, but it means that in the problems, like we saw last week, 
He's carrying you, right? Loving you, sustaining you, bringing you into good through every trial you face. So are you trusting Jesus Christ? Because you could leave here this morning with your sin nature mortally wounded and having received a a down payment of your future resurrection life that you're going to know. And we'd baptize you this morning. It's a deal. If If you put your trust in Jesus right now, we'll baptize you right now. 